The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I'm here this week with two fine co-hosts. Once again, Reagan, it's me, Pizza Nate. <laughs> Nate, we finally have an episode just for Pizza Nate. Finally. <laughs> and it's a me, Pizza Shane. <laughs> and this week, we are talking about... Uh, virtuosic weird platformer pizza tower uh i was very excited to play this game um we'll get into all the details about it pizza tower is a real weird one uh but uh before we dig in uh we've been starting the episode the the, the show every week with mandatory banter and mm-hmm. i thought we'll start this week with a question for uh, you guys we have to do it this time yeah what's on your what's on your pizza Guys, what's on your pizza? Your ideal pizza? Um, well, where do I even start? I mean, this. Yeah, I've got a whole other podcast that I do, which is about my pizza toppings. You're um, holding out no, on me, Nate. I didn't no, know about no. your pizza topping podcast. I would subscribe. No, I. It all depends on you know set and setting. You know, what am I? What type of pizza am I having? Um, what what guests do I have around me? Um, because I, it is my opinion that there is no bad pizza topping. Uh, I like every topping on a pizza, but that I will say a really bold claim. I'm sure we could come up with something that you wouldn't want on your pizza. Well, sure. If you said like birthday cake, you know, I, I, well, I, you know, maybe I'd give that a shot. I could be but, convinced to try a birthday. Yeah, cake. So, cer- certainly there's something that I, but, but I mean, in the, like the expanse of pizza toppings that you we'll see regularly. I, I like them all. I had a pizza in uh, Colorado one time that was like shrimp and barbecue sauce and bacon. And it was a real mess, but I enjoyed it. So to answer your question though, actually, while I like a ton of different pizza types, um, give me a, just a good classic pepperoni pizza. And I'm, I'm going to be happy if I'm not having that. I'll take a Supreme. And then also, I just like a good cheese pizza sometimes. There's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. a nice cheese nothing pizza. Nothing wrong with a cheese pizza. Yeah. Yeah. If so. you're five years old. No, I've I've heard it I've heard this before. <laughs> this is not my thought, but I've thought a lot about it and I kind of agree with it. Is that pizza is not improved with toppings. It's just made different. So pizza is good, just as good as cheese as it is with pepperoni or whatever. It's just different. It's like different flavors. So you did not know the wormhole that you opened. This is when a you very asked philosophical <laughs> answer, Nate. You really, you really should have a pizza podcast. <laughs> Shane, what do you? What, what's your answer? My personal pizza opinion. My my favorite pizza would be like a caprese, a caprese. What do you call it? Where it's like you know, mm-hmm. similar to like a margarita pizza with the olive oil, with the garlic sauce. Thank you very much. And I do have a no-go pizza topping, um, and that is jalapenos. I just feel like they don't belong. Oh, man. I, I, uh, I love jalapenos. I love yeah. them in lots of contexts. I just feel like they don't need to be on it. Like, 
what other stuff that you would normally put on a pizza goes well with the jalapenos? Just uh, that much. jalapeno and sausage is a great combo. Or if you're going all veggie, jalapeno and green pepper is a great, uh, great combo. I'll do but jalapeno I jalapeno like- on a on a chicken pizza because then sometimes I feel like it's kind of like like uh, nachos. You know, it's got that yeah. vibe. I like chicken on my nachos. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel you, Shane. I'm not really big on jalapenos on pizza in general, but I, they're they're not a no go for me. Mm-hmm. And I love it when they just like throw the whole deli section on the pizza too. You know, just every kind of meat prosciutto. Throw that shit on. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a whole lot of like controversial pizza opinions, but um, not trying to be a uh, uh, like a contrarian. But I think that the anchovy is extremely underrated. Uh, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I thought, you know, that the, the, the whole joke of you know, there's certain foods that are like were jokes in cartoons back then. Things yeah. like spinach was like the 90s were real rough. Ever eat spinach, right? It's like uh, liver and onions, uh, yeah. Brussels sprouts. Yeah, yeah. And all that shit turns out to be like my favorite stuff when I got old. Um but anchovies, man, they're like little salty, delicious. Like you, when when you're when you're a kid, like all you see of anchovies is like a pizza with like stink lines coming off. Yeah, a little, little tiny like, fish. fish bones sticking out. <laughs> and that's not what anchovies are like at all. You crazy like cartoons. Like I love it, man. Anchovies are great. So give me give me a pizza with anchovies. Was it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that they were pretty anti anchovy? Almost certainly, although I think actually they were kind of pro anchovy, but that was kind of the joke that like the turtles okay. lived in the sewer and ate trash and and they would eat anchovy pizzas. All I've ever wanted in my life is a pizza that tastes as good as the pizza from the cartoon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles looked with Man, that oh, dripping yeah. cheese. It looks so good. Absolutely. It, like it was made out of yellow Nickelodeon gack. <laughs> yes stretch all the way across a room snap back like a rubber band looks great love it well glad we had a chance to talk about pizza because we've got to warm up our pizza muscles before we talk about pizza tower a uh a truly weird game a game that I wanted to play from the first minute I saw it and everything I learned about it made me want to play it more so here's the quick pitch on pizza tower Pizza Tower's uh, Steam description calls it a fast-paced 2D platformer inspired by the Wario Land series with an emphasis on movement, exploration, and score attack, focusing highly on highly stylized pixel art inspired by the cartoons from the 90s and highly energetic soundtrack, Um, which I think is a pretty solid description, but um, it's one of those things that if you if you're not getting something visually in your mind, um, I think it's worth you know we we never like to just be like here compare X to Y, but like you kind of have to a little bit here. First of all, this is very very based on the Wario Land series, a, a series of games that I've done a lot of, I've played a lot, and I've done a lot of reading and thinking about um, because uh, a few years ago I read a book that I frankly don't recommend. It's kind of boring, but I, I I I love the Game Boy Advance. Wario Land Four is one of the better games on the Game Boy Advance. It's a really, truly strange um, sort of missing link or like divergent evolution in the Nintendo platformer. Um, and Wario Land 4 was sort of the end of the line for that style of platformer. Nobody makes these anymore, apart from apparently this guy, um, Pizza Tower Guy. I got to stop there for a second about Pizza Tower Guy. I I am a big uh, I'm a big fan of Artur games. Um, and there's just 
I, I encourage makers of games to put your name on your game. And he's done so in a way that I have never seen a developer do before. Uh, renaming himself after his own game, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, so here's to you, what, Pizza Tower Guy. I don't know what his name is. I just called him Pizza Tower Guy because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what his name is, Shane. Oh, oh I thought he long... goes by Pizza Tower Guy. When I looked him up I mean, on, he on might. a wiki, he... he was listed as Pizza Tower Guy. I his think his Twitter is Pizza, Pizza Tower, Tower Game. Um, let's see. I still can't tell if you're joking, Shane. <laughs> There's a fan wiki. Uh, looking at it now, it doesn't have the name of the dev on it. The Steam page says sure uh, Tour de Pizza. Developer mm-hmm. is Tour de Pizza. Um, self-published. So, One yeah. of the weird things, th- th- this is a bit of a rabbit hole to fall down, but when you Google this game... One of the top things that Google asks is like, is this what you're searching for? Is like, it says, is Pizza Tower a real game? <laughs> well, I think the problem there, Shane, is that there is a there's an NFT based um, bullshit game also called Pizza Tower. So if you Google this oh. game, most of the results are about this game, but there are also results about a uh, an NFT based cryptocurrency driven um, slot machine game called pizza tower. Um, I don't know much if anything about that. I choose not to. Um, but there is some disambiguation happening there. And I would guess that the the question of is pizza tower, a real game is people more along the lines of asking, like, is there really a game I can play with my, I don't know, pizza topping NFT or something. I've been asking myself that ever since I got these damn things. (laughs) <laughs> spending all my family's money on pizza and empties <laughs> i mean if you're gonna buy them you might as well get pizza ones you know yeah because then at least you can eat them right i don't know how cryptocurrency works but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure you can eat them <laughs> um i got so, a really rare ape chovy oh god <laughs> we're like a year late on these jokes <laughs> we, need we really are but you know what <laughs> still funny enough to me i i i still take a lot of um uh, Schadenfreude in in the uh, in the NFT um, explosion and then contraction. <laughs> um, right. So back to the game. Um, I, I wanted to quickly talk about my backstory of like uh, with the with the Wario Land games because um, this is so based on the Wario Land games, especially Wario Land Four. Um, Wario Land has a lot of things about it that like it's technically a spinoff of Mario, but it has a lot of things about it that are very distinctive. Um, You know, the Wario Land series, Wario is essentially indestructible. He doesn't have lives. He can't die. Or at least that's not true in all of the Wario Land games, but at least in Wario Land 4, um, you can't kill Wario. Um, He's only ever inconvenienced. And uh, he, he has a number of transformations. So a lot of the times throughout the levels, you know, you'll encounter something like he he eats something or gets squashed by something or, you know, puts on a weird suit or something. And the power ups are these sort of transformations that are not just about like giving you one new move, but like totally transforming your move set. Um, and uh, also Wario Land, uh, at least Wario Land 4, um, has a format of going into a level from kind of a central hub, going into the level all the way to the end, collecting collectible items along the way, and then sort of setting off an escape sequence by reaching the end of the level. Um, and you have to backtrack through that entire level, usually along, along a slightly changed path because things will have changed on your way out that were you know different from on your way in and escaping the level um, before a timer runs out. Um, and that is a format that we just like 
Nintendo made four of those and they never revisited it. I mean, I think there have been there's like a Wario world or something for the Wii or something. I never played that one. But like the Wario Land series is essentially dead, has been since 2001. Um, and it it feels like a, a, a game design idea that Nintendo polished quite heavily and had gotten something really good and interesting and then dropped like a hot pizza and never revisited and nobody else ever revisited. There's a thousand imitations of Mario, um, but there's so few imitations of the Wario land games. And that's what made, what drew me to this is like, that's, it's a really interesting game design that doesn't get revisited very often. The number one thing that they clearly took is that, you know, the core innovation of these Wario games is to have an overweight Italian man trying to get money. So (laughs) here, I think the twist they've put on it is that he's trying to get money for sympathetic reasons instead of just because he's a fat asshole who wants to fuck up Mario's day. But they did they did retain his general disgusting vibe. They did. Like artistically, Pepino, uh, this game has a, spaghetti. Uh, a Pepino spaghetti is right out <laughs> of they said 90s cartoons. I think there's a huge debt owed to John uh, Krafluski, the guy that did Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. specifically so a lot of that the, but i'd also say other uh, other things with a similar vibe from the era i got a lot of uh uh courage the cowardly dog vibes yeah. uh yeah. from this as well um and and other other you know shows of that era with the sort of like um i don't know i, I kind of describe the style as like aggressively ugly and like willing to have um, expressions, you know, squashes and stretches and and whatnot that go entirely off model. Like, you know, Peppino runs and you know he his face transforms, or he looks at something and his eyes bug out in a way that like just completely transforms his entire silhouette. Like he's he's a true cartoon character. He's he's not like a cute model or a you know a well designed sprite. He is a series of weird caricatures. Really, really great. The the yeah. style of it is ridiculously unique. Like it uses this uh, kind of one pixel thick la- outline and like super saturated colors to make it look like something that someone drew in MS Paint. Um, but by having like genuinely really talented. Uh, you know, classic animation style to it. Uh, those two things are things I've never really seen put together before. And it took me a while. It even also like really reflected like just generally like 90s platformers in, in things like the menus, like the way the mm-hmm. menus would have like art scrolling diagonally, you know, in the in the background and, yeah, you know, lots of uh, little- Goofy, toe jam and Earl, big time, yes. big time, to, yeah. big. Uh, the the platformer, uh, funk, funky land on Funkatron. Funkatron. Yes. Yeah, I got a lot yeah. of. Uh, I keep saying yeah. I got a lot of blank vibes out of this, and I'm I'm the boss baby guy. Um, I I I I definitely felt some Earl. of that. Toe jam and <laughs> funk. <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl Panagon Funkatron. But specifically for me, like Shane and I both played an absolute ton of Panagon Funkatron. So, I mean, you know, what in this world doesn't remind me of Panagon Funkatron? Yeah. I, there's also this element of it's like also kind of horrible to look at a lot of the times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, and I, in a, in a similar way that Ren and Stimpy would do, like intentionally, you know, 
incredibly well done kind of gross out art, right? Where you're like, why am I seeing so many lines on this person's face? Or it's like borderline grotesque. And it's often done in a similar way to what Ren and Stimpy would do, where it's like freeze frames or or lightly animated scenes that are grotesque and kind of hard to look mm-hmm. at. And then it goes back to the the core animation of the game. There's a lot of yeah. title cards. Uh, every every level you're going into is kind of treated like an episode of a cartoon. So it has these title cards that are like horribly drawn and i mean that in a uh like an intentional that's what they wanted you to feel type of way i think for some people they probably just think end to end that it's beautiful uh but for me it's like ah it's so gross Uh, but it's art style is constantly shifting like you you mentioned the loading in like those title cards but there's also this little tv in the top right hand corner of the screen that's constantly (laughs) showing uh, just sort of. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's such just a close up of Pepino you, uh, and his yeah. weird expressions. It's yeah. such a weird. What a what an interesting like that right there is such a specific example of how strange this game is. Just mm-hmm. a full like ten percent of the screen is dedicated to a little TV that is just showing you your main character's face reacting to what's going on around him. It, it's bizarre and it is very nineties. Yeah, flashy, um, you know, wacky, like, oh, the 90s are are edgy and cool and strange, you know? Yeah, Shane, by the way, I did just find his, uh, he seems to go by Pizza Tower Guy on uh, on itch.io. So, yeah, I don't know what else to call him other than I just lucked into just calling him that, I guess, or maybe that was my subconscious. Yeah, but that's Pizza what he Tower is on Patreon, guy. too. It looked yeah, like that's he, another he, interesting aspect to yeah. this. This game... Um, was originally this been, was been has been in development a long time. He uh, he supported the development by having a Patreon and releasing demos, and people supported him through uh, you know through the work of developing this game. Um, and it kind of shows it has the feeling of something with like a lot of depth to it, um, a lot of um, uh, like it, it feels like it has kind of a, a fandom. It, it, it feels like a cult game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like you just have to look at the the Steam page, and there are a lot of cryptic jokes being made in the reviews, and they are all five stars. Um, this is a game by a guy who like has cultivated an audience for this incredibly weird thing that you wouldn't like. I wouldn't have been sure a thing like this had an audience apart from me, uh, but apparently it does. I mean, it's a pizza based platformer. Uh, I feel like this is a game. That was targeted directly at me as well. <laughs> so yes. I think it's a it's a broader uh, market than you'd than you'd expect. And while there's a ton of stuff that is trying to play off of the nostalgia of millennials and the '90s, I've not seen as much going at it through this angle. And then tying it to the Wario Four stuff as well. I you know it, it's. It's 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 enough niches stacked on top of each other that I think it actually has a pretty broad audience. Yeah, um, I didn't get a chance to mention earlier, but um, part of the reason that I was so interested to play this was that I I think Wario Land Four is one of the most interesting game designs in all time, and it's one that I thought a lot about because um, I a few years back uh, when I was trying to sort of up my game in terms of um, 
you know, being able to talk about video games on a podcast you know, around the same time we were starting this show, I read an entire book called Game Design Companion, A Critical Analysis of Wario Land 4 by Daniel Johnston or Johnson. Um, this is a book I don't recommend anymore. I, I read it with some interest at the time because there there aren't that many books that take a really academic approach to writing about a specific game and breaking it down into its component parts and talking a lot about its individual mechanics and, and elements. Um, in the long run, I think that this game is, or this book is, is um, like, it's really self-important. It was the sort of, the, the guy uh, really seemed to want to like, um, uh, he, he create a language for game criticism where I think his his whole idea was that he wanted to break game criticism down into something where it would be um, like evidence-based science where you could break down a game uh, with, you know, a, a very consistent system and uh, and decide what was a good and bad game on an almost mathematical level. And I think that's a flawed mm. concept. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I just found, pulled up the page. And this is, this is a, a, a quote from his first chapter. Without trying to sound arrogant, I would contest that there has never been a deeper, more comprehensive piece of writing ever written about a video game. And I think he's not wrong. It's, the, it's, a, it's an entire <laughs> book uh, just absolutely exhaustively breaking down every mechanic and level of Wario Land 4. And it's a game that is very deceptively complicated. So all that is to say, I've done a lot of playing of Wario Land 4 and a lot of thinking and reading about Wario Land 4. And, every, and I was so excited to see this game get, like this game so explicitly based on Wario Land 4. And there's so many things that it's doing that are specifically from that game. So um, let's talk about the mechanics. Let's talk about the, the physicality of moving this weird Italian around. They just um, took Wario and gave him a shine spark. They did. They <laughs> gave him a shine spark when it, when it learned the, sh- the, the like hyper jump or whatever they call it in this. It is just a shine spark from Super Metroid. <laughs> and I think that's great. I love it. Um, and, and also a bunch of Sonic moves and yes. a bunch of, you know, standard Mario moves. I mean, if anything, there's more moves in this than in the in the Wario Land game. I, I, I pulled up. There is a there's a pretty decent fan wiki uh, for this. And if you click on the article page for Pepino Spaghetti, it has a little table of contents at the top where it <laughs> I'm lists... going to laugh every time you say his name. I know. I love his name so much. Yeah. Uh, it lists all of his powers or his main abilities. And I'm not going to list them all, but let me let me just explain to you. Like, you have to scroll almost two screens, and I'm on a pretty big monitor, to get past the table of contents where it lists all his abilities. Um, his main abilities, he has a jump and a body slam. He has a dash, which you can activate by running fast in any direction, which you do by holding down a button. So you hold down a button and he will dash. You don't even have to hold the stick. He, he just dashes as long as you're holding down one of the triggers. And the dash has multiple stages. Um, you can, uh, so he'll, he'll power up the dash the longer he runs in any one direction. You can do a quick turn. He does a roll and a dive move that are both independently doable while you are while you are dashing. He can combine moves like the dash and the and the body slam into like a dash drop. Um, you can go from the dash into the super jump. He has a hell of a tutorial to teach you all these things, by the way. Oh man, it's a lot. And then I mean, it goes on and on from there. Well, it um, never stops because 
I mean, you're getting into the core move set, and then every level tends to introduce either distinct move sets or ones that you'll carry with you forward. And it's- right, um, giant swing, spinning pile driver, uppercut, belly slide, rising uppercut. There's a taunt move. You can use the taunt move to parry. You can break dance. Um, there's and then there are let's see, uh, fourteen different transformations that you can acquire at various different points in the levels. Things like uh, Firebutt Pepino or Ghost Pepino or Rocket Pepino or Sticky Cheese Pepino. All of these are different transformations. Or playing mini golf Pepino. That was so weird. There's a whole mini golf level. Yeah, oh turning into a big like bu- bubble Pepino. I mean, it's I, there's a lot to uh, to say about this game and a lot of positive things to say. But I think like my takeaway from what I, I truly enjoyed the most out of this game was exactly this platforming variety. Um, you know, I love platformers, one of my favorite genres. And usually you're introduced with a move set early on, and then the game just becomes mastering that move set. Often there'll be items or something that come in that maybe integrate or, or you know, challenge your at your adeptness to that core move set. Um, but this game you've got a huge core move set and then every level is some introduction of another set of moves and it's balancing them all. And it, it can be a real challenge too. like mm-hmm. Pepino's incredibly sticky. <laughs> you yes. know, if you're, if you're you holding basically climb up a wall, as long as you're holding down the, the dash button, he sticks to walls and can climb straight up them at, at pretty high speed. And you, it's like, imagine Sonic, where with Sonic, when you get it going at full speed, if you hit something, you stop it. And there's this like momentum killer. And mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, like that is a core element of of Sonic is like killing your momentum um, with this game. A lot of times if you're holding that button, it's just you will run every, in any direction continuously because you'll stick to everything going up walls, going around things. It 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 can be kind of challenging to actually you have to be the one to let go of the buttons and you have to be the one to stop pressing things. And that's the only way to actually navigate a particular platforming challenge is actually using his moves less because there's something that happens. Any combo of buttons you do does a totally new thing. So you have to really be man, you know, manage that. Also contrasting with Sonic um, you know, Sonic is at his most like Sonic is a game about going fast, but he's also at his most vulnerable when he's going fast. Right. Because like if you're going fast, yeah. you're going to you know get hit from something from off screen. And Sonic is basically two hits and dead at best. Right. Um, but Peppino is, first of all, always invincible. Like you can't kill Peppino, basically like I, you, he can fall out of like you know, through a, in a hole, certain holes in the ground is the only way he can technically die. And they have this very funny title card where it's like, you know, service interruption or like, what does it say? Like you're, you know, like a, like a, uh, um, we're experiencing yeah, it, broadcast difficulties. Yeah, or something like that. I, I, I'm um, ass- like, I'm assuming there is some rap story to this whole game, which is why it's up on that TV too. Is that like, we're actually watching, we're actually watching a cartoon or something like that because yeah, There's, yeah, there, there is a synopsis. I'll read it in a minute. But, uh, what, what I love about this, 
uh, approach here is that like it's a it's a momentum based platformer where really it's just about maintaining the momentum. I mean, there's exploration and other aspects here too, but like you are at your most powerful when you're going at high speed. When you're going at high speed, most enemies can't touch you. You bash them off the screen if you're if you're flying into them at high speed. So unlike Sonic, like if you're able to maintain your momentum through a level, um, that's that's the most powerful you can get. And when you're at that top speed, you have more moves available to you. You can go into uppercuts, you can do the shine spark, you can go into rolls and dashes. So you're always incentivized to be using that momentum going at high speed. You're never needing to slow down and take it easy, or you can, you might need to slow down and take it easy at certain points, of course. But like, it's it's so much more a game about going fast than so- it's, I mean it's weird to say but it feels to me more like a game about going fast than Sonic is which is wild. Yeah, well and they bring in things that I think are are directly Sonic influenced um yeah. uh like situations where you are you enter into sort of a zone where you you're really not even in control anymore you're being pinged around the screen by like a series of springs or tubes that you enter into mm-hmm. that are straight out of Sonic, you know, and and add to the sort of chaos of the whole game. Yeah, it's clearly something that's like really engaged with the games and cartoons of the 90s. Um, here's that uh, synopsis, by the way. This is from the Wikipedia page. So uh, but this is it, this is mostly expressed through a cutscene that you can skip at the beginning each time you boot up the game. And it's a wordless cutscene. Pepino never speaks really as far as I can remember. Um, Pepino Spaghetti is the owner of Peppino Pizza, a failing pizzeria. Uh, One day, Peppino is approached by Pizza Face, an evil floating pizza, who explains that a tower has just appeared next to the pizzeria, and that if Peppino does not hurry to climb the tower, Pizza Face will vaporize Peppino Pizza with an explosive nuclear laser. Peppino speeds over to the tower entrance, determined to defeat Pizza Face and save his failing business. Another chef, Gustavo, also enters the tower, and later becomes playable along with his pet rat, pet rat Brick. Very cute rat. Yeah. And that's pretty much the whole story. There's there's uh, there's bits with, there's there's uh, four bosses, four, actually I think there's a fifth, I think there's five bosses. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I have not beaten this game. I have, I got really stuck on the fourth floor boss, which I believe is the final boss before the final, final boss. Um, but uh, the, uh, the bosses in this are quite difficult. Um, Nate, maybe you could talk about your experience there. I think you had a little more trouble with them than I did, although I had a similarly kind of the bosses are. Yeah, well, I might. <laughs> so I think, you know, set it up a little bit. So it, you're climbing the pizza tower and there's four stages for every tower. And in those stages, um, while, of course, going fast, getting through four? it. I thought there were more than that. I think there's four. There's you might four, be right. I might be four stages it seems like a, a lot of the time. It's four stages and a boss, you know, so mm, like yeah, five, right, yeah. you know. Um, so while you are exploring those four stages, while the game is mostly about going fast and, and getting to the end and, and then exiting, there is a, an entire exploration incentive process too, where there's uh, you're trying to rescue uh pizza toppings and Pepino's friends and, and, and find hidden treasure and all these things. And once you've found enough of these treasures uh, or hidden friends, you will earn enough money to unlock the boss. And the, the boss is an entirely different type of game than what you're playing 
uh, through the normal stages. Uh, in the boss fights, you actually do have health. And these fights made me think more of like a Cuphead style encounter than uh, than anything like Sonic or or Mario or any platformer. It is now a um, action like you know single screen um, combat or even like a Hollow Knight. You know you you're right there in the center of the screen. You got a boss. You have a certain amount of health, and the boss has a certain amount of health. Great theming. Usually, you know, it's it, they're really interesting uh, concepts and 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 fun setups. But as Reagan said, I ultimately did not really like this part of the game. Um, I didn't really. I'm not looking for something like this when I'm doing a lot of you know uh, complicated platforming. And then just for me personally, like I'm really bad at. Uh, sort of combat encounters where there's lots of little things floating around on the screen and you're doing a lot of dodging and avoiding and things like that. Um, and so this was like a, a, a thing that was particular, particularly set up for me not to enjoy it or be very good at it. And so I did get through a bunch of the bosses, but it felt like more of a drag. I just wanted to get through the bosses to get to more of the levels um i kind of agree i I had a similar uh experience with them i i kind of got over like got past that a little bit at least with the first three bosses um when i started figuring out some of what i'd consider a little bit more advanced mechanics that i did not pick up on early in the game i mentioned this earlier but um pepino has a taunt button it's the y button on the controller um and in most cases it doesn't really do anything except that it plays a sound and Pepino strikes a funny pose and there is a lot of funny poses that he can strike accurate recreation Reagan thank you I I pride myself on my Foley work um and but but uh but the, the 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 taunt button also functions as a parry for many types of attacks in the game uh and I only ever really used it with bosses but once I figured that out a lot of the bosses that throw things at you like where there's a lot of things moving around on screen um it was mostly about trying to figure out like what phase in the boss's various cycles would be a good time to go and attack them and in the meantime using the taunt button a lot in order to parry attacks so for example like um you know some of the bosses would like throw lots of little projectiles and if there was a projectile about to hit you could hit that taunt button and it deflects it um and that ended up working pretty well. But I will say that, like, I kind of agree. I, I think it took a lot more effort to beat the bosses than I was kind of prepared for, um, given the, the the rest of the levels aren't terribly hard. Um, and I was, you know, I was looking through the settings thinking, like, maybe there's a difficulty setting I could turn down a little bit to keep things moving. And there is not. So I would have liked if yeah. there was something like that. Yeah, I, this one's always hard for me to, like, to to define my own tastes because you know like i like hard games um hollow knight which i almost 100 percented, is one of my favorite games of all time and that's like a notoriously difficult exactly this sort of mm-hmm. combat encounter you're um, the celeste guy on the podcast i, I love yeah that's my thing but there was just something i think about like the pacing of the game that made these bosses feel like more of a chore to get through than a fun diversion. 
I didn't really yeah. feel like I was mastering any of the skills that I'd learned because you're confined to a single space. Yeah, um, they weren't really a test on any of the mechanics that you know for like you're using ultimately the same move set, but it is a very different yeah. thing that you're doing in the bosses. And, and you it's die. the only time that he has yeah, yeah, you can die. He has a he's a health bar. You like, start over and they're a little bit longer than I would have expected them to be. I mean, once you figure mm -hmm. it out, you can beat it pretty beat them relatively quickly. But um like for me, it ultimately I'd I'd have to like memorize their attack patterns and it kind of takes you know, really good execution. And I don't know, it just like, it, it just really didn't click with me. And it, it, there's enough of them that it really feels like a big part of the game is getting through these bosses. And I just think it would have been cooler if like, or more fun if the boss was a really challenging course, a really long course, something like that, that is more in line with the rest of the game. I don't want to forget to talk about the music of pizza tower pizza tower had an amazing it's incredible. soundtrack <laughs> apparently it's by a bunch of different artists which i mean things this is sort of the thing you get when you've got a, a game that's so long in development um apparently just i just you know looked it up the ost is on soundcloud and there are 32 tracks and um there's a lot of music in pizza tower and how would you describe it nate i'm not even sure how it's it's very energetic and bouncy but it's I think I would say funky fresh. Yeah, yeah. very funky fresh. I, I definitely um, want to play it while eating pizza. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, Toe Jam and Earl is another reference point for this um, with with an even higher speed. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl music is usually sitting back on the beat. Uh, this is pushing the beat forward and oh, yeah. it's is a perfect compliment to the insanity of this game. Uh, what's this you just pasted in, Shane? <laughs> Why'd you send me this? What did you do? I'm uh, I'm very impressed by the fan art that is coming out of the Pizza Tower fandom. Uh, <laughs> uh, la ladies and gentlemen, Shane just sent me a, a link to a tweet of what I assume is Pizza Tower fan art drawn a very accurate Pizza Tower art style uh, with Pepino's uh, just looking back at the viewer over his shoulder, displaying very proudly his extremely round ass. <laughs> Double cheeked up on a Thursday. Oh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Pepino's got got that wagon for sure. You know, that I, there there has been a lot of of great uh, fan art that like if you if you search for this game, like I mentioned earlier, it seems like there's a fan community for this. This guy had been working on this game since like 2018 and was really engaging with his community, you know, through Patreon and other means, um, kind of developing this out in the open, releasing lots and lots of demos and um, and engaging people to do things like work on his soundtrack and so on. So it's it, um, there's a lot of fan art. It's it's weird to kind of drop into a game that's relatively new and kind of has the feeling of like this has a fan community that's been going for years and already has its own in jokes and everything. I would I would say this is a thousand percent like Celeste for weirdos and uh, <laughs> I'm glad it exists. Celeste for weirdos is a pretty good way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, I would argue it's a pretty fundamentally different game than Celeste, but uh, you know that's that's fine. Thanks, weirdo. <laughs> i mean i was like celeste was way more of a game for me so i guess i'm not the weirdo then yeah normie yeah 
I don't know. What else is there to say about Pizza Tower? Um, I just loved it. I I loved this game a lot. Um, I, I had some bugs with it early on, um, but they all got fixed. Um, this game had a lot of very uh, like small uh, little bug fix and like quality of life tweak uh, updates issued within the first couple of weeks that it was out. Uh, and uh, little stuff like, you know, replacing some of the menu graphics so that if you're connecting with a controller, it doesn't show you like keyboard mappings and stuff. So like good little stuff like that. This is a great Steam Deck game. This is probably my favorite thing I've played on the Steam Deck in a while. Um, my daughter wanted to watch me play this and I had a hard time explaining it to her. <laughs> yeah, I play. I put this on in front of some kids too. And, and I was like, whoa, they really liked it. <laughs> I yeah. was surprised by that. Uh, yeah, I, I, for, for me, like the humor, the art style, this game was a big win on all those fronts. Like it really reminded me also of like Earthworm Jim in a really good way. Even those are, those are games I didn't even really, I liked for the art style and for the vibes. Uh, Rocco's Modern Life is another Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe vibe that I was picking up from this. And it, it all, all of that has, has worked a hundred percent for me. I am not hardcore enough to save the pizzeria and that's okay with me. Like I didn't beat games when I was a kid either. <laughs> yeah. This game feels like being that kid again. I like that. That's true. I, I felt a bit like, you know, like playing a, um, playing a, a weird platformer in the nineties again, doing this. And mm-hmm. I, I, I also am not sure I'll a hundred percent this as much as I love it. Like I really love it. Um, I really did hit a wall with the final. It's not probably the final boss, but with the the level, the floor four boss. There's there's all these like stuff even in the intro where it like shows you flashes of four main bosses, and I assume that the what's his name, the like the evil floating pizza, is probably the fifth boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the fourth of the sort of big four bosses, and man, if it's not like just it just it's unreasonable, but. Oh, I can't let this go without talking about the noise, who is my favorite thing in the game. It's definitely a the noid reference, right? Right. But it's so good. Um, The noise is he looks a lot like the noid from the old uh, like pizza dominoes, dominoes, the dominoes commercials. Um, You know, he has similar he has some moves that are kind of inspired by that too. things like the the, like pizza stomping uh, like uh thing to jump on you know p- pogo sticking and and everything uh, but man he's just i don't know there's something there's something really fun about like a platformer that is not trying to be cool and and is not trying to be cute and is not trying to look good it is just trying to be like I don't know what. I don't know what. I don't know how to describe this. It's just it's just so perfectly itself. Um, yeah, I mean, I would argue that it's actually gone to great lengths to look good. It's just good yes, is yeah. a subjective term, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for what it's like the, doing, the amount of effort put into just animation frames on this, like, there's so many more frame. Like every movement that Pepino does has like a, a dozen frames of animation. Like he, you yeah. know, you, you jump and he goes through a whole little squash and stretch. It's really, really impressive. Yeah, and most it's of the very good looking. The enemies are not nearly as expressive, but they are as animated, you know? So there's a ton. Uh, and the, the backgrounds are... Uh, there's a ton going on in the backgrounds. The map design is is wild. I mean, 
it's a it's a pretty uh, incredible accomplishment as far as that goes the, the combination of design and gameplay um with that said i'm also really torn on my overall takeaway on this game i i think it really is a a true accomplishment and i think um you know for a lot of people this will be you know one of their favorite games and i think that's probably justified i think for me between the bosses and the um I never really connected with one of its core mechanics. So it's not really its fault. Even it's just my own tastes. I didn't really like the runaway at the end of the level element. Mm. And I know that that is core to the game and to get rid of that would be a fundamental change in the game. But I think what it did for me is it altered the incentive structure of the rest of the game. So you would spend uh, a fair amount, at least I would spend a fair amount of time exploring the full map. And the full map often has a lot of little micro challenges like any good platformer does that would allow you to uh, result in a higher score. And sometimes these little micro challenges were pretty difficult and would take a fair bit of execution, which is exactly what I want in a platformer. I love that stuff. Give me a difficult platforming challenge all day. I'll take it. And so I'd go through and do all of those. And the escape from the level is sort of this panicked thing. You only have a small amount of time to get out of the level. And if you don't do it really well, you have to play the entire level over again. And while that only happened to me a couple times, it made me less incentivized to bother with all of the little micro challenges because it made me feel like well if i fail the two minute escape i'm gonna have to do all this over again and some of it was pretty challenging and so i found myself less willing to like go for those a grades on levels uh because it just like didn't really feel fun to have to do it all over again um and I don't know. I mean, that it it was like enough to make me feel like it wasn't as fun as it could be because the maps were so beautiful. I wanted to explore every nook and cranny, but I didn't want to have to do it twice. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Um, like I, I think that is kind of probably will be one of the most love it or hate it design elements here. This this idea of like going into the end of the level and then having the time attack, uh, like retreat through the level after it's sort of changed form. Um, yeah, I like it in principle. You tell me about it. I'm like, that sounds like an awesome idea. It was mostly about the like incentive to actually explore and be a part of the level overall. Like, I think I maybe for me, it would have been more fun if the map was just Mm -hmm. longer and it was all about just getting to the end and then racing all the way back. But there's so much in this game about like finding. It's hard to mix that with exploration. There's so much exploration involved. Yeah, Yeah. you're you're supposed to find secrets. There's secrets all over the place. There's literally three secret level. Like every map has three secrets that you can find that bring you to an entirely different map with a little challenge. And I loved finding those. Um, but sometimes they were really hard to get to and really hard to execute, actually, like unlocking. And so I'd get that and then go and fail the exit because of something. And I'm like, I don't really want to go through all of that to get back over to that secret. I'll just I'll skip it. I did it once. I don't need the points. You know, the points don't really matter. So 
I'm mm. not going to go and do it all again. I think it's a game that's partly designed for people who want to play levels more than once. Um, yeah, it, this is the kind of like this is, is a score attack game. You know, every time you play through one of these levels, you get a score, including a letter grade. Um, uh, apparently the top rank is not an S rank. It's a P rank for pizza. Yeah, I never I got saw a, that. I never got a P rank. Um, so you know, my, my play style was, I think maybe a little looser than yours. I wasn't doing that much exploring. I was really just sort of trying to make a beeline for the, the end of the level, the, um, the John pillar or pillar John <laughs> yeah. is a very fun. It never explains that as far as I can yeah. remember, but it's just sort of a very dour looking sort of, uh, Moai head, you know, uh guy and you touch him and then <laughs> the, and then it says it's pizza time and you have to escape but yeah i would just sort of like get to the end and make my way back and i i only had a couple of instances where i didn't make it through in time um but i definitely missed collectibles and optional objectives and secrets a lot of them um and i was getting like b's and c's uh you know some a's but like i wasn't getting great scores um I think if I were a different player that I would have then said, okay, now I'm familiar with the level. Let me go back into all of those yeah. and go for the a rank, go for collecting all of the toppins, which is what it calls the little topping, <laughs> topping people um, go for collecting all of the, you know, the secrets. There's a lot of secrets. Um, and you know, there's all, it, it, they're predictable. There's like every level has a hidden ice cream cone in it. I think I only found one, um, but I'm pretty sure they all the have treasure. It. Yeah, it, it, um, I, the treasure is different, but yeah. Oh, it's, it's like, a different. Okay, I found almost none of those. Um, and well, it's an I, interesting one because you have to find one of the guys first, and then that guy unlocks the door to get you yeah. into that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of this like conditional stuff. Like you, yeah. you need to find it. You know, the, even for just the regular path through a lot of the levels, you need to go find a key, then take it to a special door, and then open the door and go to it. You know, like so. So there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff, um, but it's like. It's like a it's like a complicated exploration platformer that is not a Metroidvania. That is really cool to me. It's like this. Yeah, it, I, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but like what I really feel is so cool about this is like this is an entire distinct game design idea for how to do platformers that nobody else is doing. And if you haven't played yeah. the Wario Land series, then this is something that you have never played before, which and I've never awesome. played. Yeah, I've never played yeah. the Wario games and I love all platformers and hard platformers and complicated platformers and it was there was just like these little things the the like the what i felt was a disincentivate disincentivization was that a word of of, explore, of exploration and the bosses made this game just a little less perfect because everything yeah. else about this game is I think incredible. And yeah. and these are just my takes on it. I'm sure again, there'll be people who like, well, you're, I mean, you, you're saying you, you, just I, I'm with you. I, honestly, I, I like, I, I loved this game, but like everything you just said, I felt the two at various points. I had highs and lows with this game. I started yeah. with this game. I was like super, super into it. And then I started getting a little frustrated, say, I don't know, some point around like floor two. And I had some lows where I was like, maybe this isn't that good. And then, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I pushed past it a little bit and I, ended up really high on it. Um, that's not to say that you would necessarily, or that like somehow I just got good and, and that's what everyone should do. Like, this is just, it's a game with ideas that are worth checking out. It may yeah. not be for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that every, I don't know that our audience is like full of people who are into super deep, hyper, highly mechanical platformers, 
but I don't think it's going to be the guy. There's going to yeah. be them. They're going to be there. So if if you're if you're curious about this game, like it is worth picking up. This is this is one I'm going to mess around with a lot and absolutely never beat. I'll probably never get to boss three. I'll I'll probably just be like opening it up and messing around when I'm bored. Uh, but every time I do, I bet it makes me laugh. Uh, so, yeah. you know, it's really worth it. I think I think everybody should. By the way, I, I under I underestimated. I just looked on the Steam page. Um, the, the SoundCloud for the soundtrack is terribly incomplete. The Steam soundtrack is 73 tracks, including Ooh, at least 10 bonus tracks. Uh, I'm going to go pay the extra 10 bucks and download this. Th- this game is on Steam right now. It is, as far as I know right now, Steam only. I'd be surprised if this doesn't make its way to consoles eventually, but this is a solo yeah. game developer. Uh, I got to say, um, there, I think there's a track called Another One Bites the Crust. I like that very much. That's a really good pun. <laughs> yeah, every one of these um, uh, has, uh, a, a, almost every one of them has. Like I mean, a, thematically, a this may be the perfect video game. I mean, like, there's no end of, like, puns that you can make yeah. with pizza. Like, pizza is just, like, it's, like, a universal thing. And, like, weird, sweaty it, pizza chef is also an archetype that, like, we all have some kind of connection to. Um, p- platformers us, about high-jumping Italians, also something that we all have a connection to. So, like, you know, this guy is tapping into something uh, universal, in my opinion. <laughs> um I loved it. But yeah, I, I would 100% recommend people get this. It's on Steam for 20 I'm, bucks. I'm going to say it. Uh, after last year, Pepino is in the running for Best Mario. <laughs> you know what? You know yeah. what? He may have this. He may have this in the bag. He may yeah. be the best Mario of you know, the year Kirby, already. Kirby might him. have been the best Mario of last year, but it's a new year, baby. It's a new Pizza year. Head might be a dirtbag of the year, too. Mm, I, don't I don't know. If, I don't think he's quite present <laughs> enough in the game to he be. Although I don't know. Okay. We, we gave oh, dirt bag of the year to the absent boyfriend who never appeared. So maybe yeah. presence isn't dirt important. Bat, dirt bat, You know, the Noid might also be. Uh, oh, sorry. The, <laughs> the noise. The noise. Yes. The, trademarks enforced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the noise might be a, a, a solid dirt bag choice. Although honestly, Pepino's got a little bit of a dirt bag energy to himself. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. maybe. Sure. No, maybe that's just your feelings or, towards. Uh, fat sweaty italian men so let's let's watch your uh you know watch your check, nationality thing. check your check your biases here please. <laughs> i guess i gotta <laughs> no i just hate everyone who makes pizza neat wow all right now we're really getting into it almost an hour yeah. in and nine years into this podcast <laughs> yep yep uh, so I don't know if we have time for what's making us happy this week, given that we're already 55 minutes in and we're just wrapping on pizza tower. Does anybody have any burning? What's making us happy is that you were just dying to get out there. Um, Hey, a, a continuation from a previous episode where I talked about playing the board game scythe. There is a digital version of it. Uh, oh, nice. that was on, on steam sale, uh, has a Mac port as well, which is always appreciated. Um, and it was like $8. Uh, I think it's normally 20, but it's been on sale for a little while. If the game sounded interesting to you last week, uh, you can pick it up on steam. It is a true board game to computer port. I mean, it is a crunchy UI. You're going to have to spend a bunch of time in the tutorial, but it's a really cool game and I'd recommend it. Uh, and the digital port is a really good representation of the board game. Um, so, 
uh, I'd recommend it if you're looking to play a digital board game. Very good to know. I, I will pass on the what's making me happy this week. We'll uh, I'll, I'll talk to you now. Oh, very brief plug, I guess, for the next episode. I, uh, what's making me happy this week is we just finished playing uh, Case of the Golden Idol uh, with Laura, and we're going to do an episode on it soon, but I really liked it. Um, so I would recommend folks check that out. Uh, or sorry, Curse. Is it Case or Curse? I think it's Case of the Golden Idol. Yeah. Um, Really good game. If you liked, uh, if you liked, or uh, even if you haven't played, but think you might like um, uh, the Obra Din, uh, this is a similar sort of deduction vibe. Uh, not the kind of game I usually play very well or on my own, but playing it alongside a capable companion uh, made it work. So I had a great time with that. Uh, we'll talk about it more next week. Uh, Shane, what is making you happy this week? If you have anything. Oh, sure. Uh, so this week, it's a real throwback, uh, a game that I got weirdly deeply into uh embarrassingly so way back in like 2011 2012 maybe that 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 area um that's minecraft baby uh um, nice. so i was at <laughs> wow. uh i was at my um my in-laws house and my uh nephew has got is he's like six and he's gotten into minecraft and i was like hey toss me the controller um and i gotta tell you let me show you how to minecraft uncle shane's gonna show you how to kill an ender dragon it's a honestly it was just a good a good opportunity to be that cool uncle so uh you know we i helped him like build his little base and all that and uh i i just had forgotten how satisfying that game is i i went ahead and um so you know my son's five he's six that's a little young for Minecraft, but they're getting it. And, uh, you know, you can go on Microsoft now and give them like three bucks a month and get like a hosted server. So, you know, now I'm the cool uncle who threw down three dollars to get uh, a like a hosted server for the two kids to play together. Nice. And uh, I have probably put in as <laughs> as many hours on that server as both of them combined. Uh, because <laughs> yes. that game is just so good that I mean, don't go in uncle shane's pleasure palace don't go in uncle shane's pleasure <laughs> no, palace. don't take the stuff out of my chest kid <laughs> it is it is more like uh you know i i just enjoy the mindless uh like drudgery of mining for iron in that in that game and they cannot survive <laughs> in caves so it's a perfect uh it's a perfect uh uh uh, synthesis of our of our abilities we're, we're we're playing well together i am toiling underground meanwhile they are are dying on the surface and squandering the riches that i bring up for them so uh mm. it's it, it is it is really fun um i it was uh, it was a lot of uh a lot of it's really just nice to re-explore that world because i did put a ton of time into it but it's been a very long time the game has not changed in a lot of ways, but the ways that it has changed over the over those years are uh, like subtle, but really good, like really, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I think it's probably a decent time for if you if you ever had an affection for that game, and you think like, you know, maybe the time is right, uh, checking it out again, it's on everything now. 
Uh, yeah, what blows my mind is that not only is it on everything, but like most of the versions work fine with all of the other versions now. Like, yeah, you can, there's there's you two can versions. play with like a guy, a kid on an iPad and a guy on yeah. a gaming PC and somebody on an Xbox and they can all share that's, a game. And that's that's wild. literally exactly what we're doing. Um, like my son's playing on on the iPad, partially with the touch screen, partially with an Xbox controller. I'm playing on a PC um, and, you know, it. it my nephew's playing on um, an Xbox and on a Nintendo Switch, and there there's two very you know versions of Minecraft. There's the old Java version that I learned on, and there's Bedrock, which is like the the version that's on everything. Weirdly, everything except for the Mac, which would make my life a lot easier if it was on the Mac. But um, it's that very weird. cool that it's that it's basically so ubiquitous. And like, you know, so there's something about it that like draws kids in. Like, and it's very strange to me that it's had that much longevity. The game mm-hmm. is ancient, you know, compared to almost anything. Kids, kids they're always making more of them, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, except me, I'm done. You seem to always be making more Same. of them. Yeah, you're the only one. Same. So. God help me. <laughs> It's it's Legos, but for computers, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna yeah. yeah. Legos except skeletons kill you. Gosh, no! Time. Right here on this podcast, we're gonna get to the bottom of the long term popularity of Minecraft. <laughs> uh, right. Let's get into. I it. don't get it. I don't get it. It's honestly uh, so funny when they like wander outside and he's like, "Help me, Uncle Shane!" I'm like, "You're right outside. Just walk in the door." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A skeleton is killing me. Come inside. That's all I gotta say. Uh, that's good though. That's good. Well. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Uh, you can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, or we got a nice little page at shortgame.omg.lol, which has links to all of our contact options. It has links to subscribe to the show or review the show on your podcast platform of choice. It has links to our uh, Twitter and Mastodon accounts. Those are out there. Um, had to move the Mastodon account for the show. I think I mentioned this last time. We're at, uh, at shortgame at mastodon.social now because zork.social is sadly shutting down. Um, uh, you can find me on... Oh, and sorry, we're on pa- Patreon. Listen, patrons, thank you so much for your continued support of the show. Um, you know, we've we've had a, a lot of really great patrons that have helped support the show for couple of years now since we started the patreon it means a lot it's you know it, it it feels good but also it gives us money to be able to pour into the podcast in little ways that help us all the time little things like replacing hardware when it breaks buying games occasionally you know we, we uh we don't we don't get a big budget from patreon uh, but what we do all of that goes into hosting the show getting it to your ears making it sound good and occasionally making it easier for us to cover the kinds of games that we want to talk about so we really appreciate you all of our patrons uh, you can go to patreon.com slash the short game and support the show if you support us at just a dollar a month you get access to our discord which is where we talk about games and talk about the show and plan things um, you can also support us at the five dollar and up level and if you do i will send you some stickers i'll also say uh, on the podcast now that we are I, i'm probably going to have a link up uh soon for anybody who might be interested in supporting the show by buying uh t-shirts um, we have a t-shirt up at Cotton Bureau or will probably by the time you hear this. Um, I'll warn folks in advance and with 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 humility, I understand t- 
t-shirts at the cotton bureau are expensive. It's a good place to do the kinds of things where we do very, you know, single print runs of like one or two shirts. You know, we're not a big podcast. There's no way for us to buy a bunch of these things in bulk and pass the savings on to you or whatever. So, um, the way these things work out, um, every time you buy a t-shirt, we make $5, uh, and they are expensive t-shirts. They are over $30. Most of that money goes into shipping and uh, the cost of printing the shirt, et cetera, et cetera. They are really nice shirts. So if for some reason you don't want to support us on Patreon, but you would like to have a short game shirt, uh, do that. Um, patrons, if you want access, I can get you a little bit of a discount. Um, but uh, for anybody who's not a patron, I'll have that link uh, on our omg.lol page. I'll have a link uh, on our Twitter and Mastodon pages as well. And I'll try to put a link in the show notes if I remember. Um, but yeah, the short game shirt, it looks nice. You can also optionally order it as a beautiful uh, hoodie or a sweatshirt. And there are some color options. I ordered all three because I'm the weirdo who wears his own merch and I've been wearing the hoodie and it's nice. It's a nice hoodie. Uh, If you like a pullover hoodie, it it feels good. It's got a nice fluffy inside. So the Cotton Bureau, a little expensive, but nice stuff. If you like a nice t-shirt or whatever. Um, And uh, let's see, I guess that's it. Uh, You can find me on Mastodon at reagan at bird.rodeo that's r-a-y-g-a-n at bird.rodeo nate where can people find you on mastodon at nate at bird.rodeo and twitter at nate stl and shane where can people find you and you can find me at uh y level negative 53 to negative 57 because that's where the diamonds are (laughs) (laughs) nice shane and all our our socials are also on that omg.lol page if you go there so it's shortgame.omg.lol um and uh once again thank you listeners for joining us on this episode of the short game